Well, this uh, week, uh, one of us uh, posted um, a, uh, a selfie on the beach somewhere, which I was not with them, which is very disappointing. Uh, but they were on the beach, and I won't tell you who it is, but they were on the beach, and they had their selfie um, with the station wagon. And, and then the questions started to come from mom, right? The, the, the mother of the person posting the selfie. What in the world? Explain this station wagon thing to me. Um, what's this have to do with the Bahamas or wherever uh, they were? And this is the response from, from this person. He said this. It's from our church and outreach to wherever we travel to let our actions show our beliefs. Oh, that was pretty good, right? A pretty concise answer to mom who wanted to know uh, what in the world uh, that was all about. And I, and I like, had like a secret pastoral win, right? It's like in the middle of the night, yes. Uh, thanks be to God, because we are not just people that show up to church, but we are people um, that go and, and go where God calls us to do the action. And we go in the name of Jesus. We go in peace uh, to all places, even the beach or even Maverick or even Walmart or even everyday ordinary places. And we are thankful for a God who calls us um, to uh, these places and these spaces where God desires us to go. Uh, so we we have said this uh, phrase, go in action, go in peace, uh, ever since I think our first Sunday here um, with you, so over two years. And our hope is, is that we are playing the long game. You're going to hear that for a long time, um, that that continues to shape us, um, that we remember and we are, are acknowledging um, that we are God's people and that we go out in action and in peace. Uh, and so every time you see one of those selfies, I think we're trying to single-handedly redeem the selfie here at Mountain Home Church of the Nazarene. Uh, be reminded that we are a people uh, of God, a people of action, and a people uh, of peace. Well, as we come to our, our passage today, we are in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 this morning. So if you have your Bibles with you, uh, today, an interesting passage um, that we're going to have some fun with uh, this morning. Uh, one that I've read uh, many, many times, and after I've read it, I just kind of went, huh? Right? Uh, and had to bring out the, the big books uh, for this one. But uh, an awesome, uh, an awesome visual that Paul has for us as we uh, try to give you the image of go in action, go in peace. Um, there's one that we want to add to uh, our image bank this morning uh, of what it means to be God's people. And Paul gives us a pretty incredible image. Second Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, starting in verse 12 this morning. Church, hear the word of the Lord. It says this. Now when I, Paul, went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened a door for me, I still had no peace of mind because I didn't find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them and went on to Macedonia. But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one we are aroma that brings death and to the other aroma that brings life. And who is equal to such a task? Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ, we speak before God with sincerity and those sent from God. The word of the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. Smells uh, Ring Bells was the name of an article I read this morning, or read this week. Smells Ring Bells, and I thought that that was really true. The other day, um, our, one of our neighbors was uh, grilling with charcoal uh, out in the backyard, and I'm too lazy, I'll confess. I'm too lazy to grill with charcoal, right? I just, that just doesn't happen in our house. Uh, but but uh, instantly, when I caught that whiff of charcoal, I was taken back in time uh, to summer uh, at grandma's house when my uncle would use charcoal, right? Like, have you ever been transported by by a smell, right? And then, and then at, that actually happened not too long ago. I was going uh, fishing in a pretty remote place, and I passed by a very smelly um, place. Uh, and I was, again, reminded of grandma's house because grandma uh, lived by the sewage treatment plant. Um, and when you think about summer and sewage treatment plant, like that'll bring back some memories, right? Uh, many different memories that uh, come to mind that just smell like summer. Thursday, I was at, at one of our students' baseball game, and I opened up my sunflower seeds. And like that, like the nostalgia of being at the ballpark and the, the smell of the seeds. Uh, it smells like summer or cut grass or sunscreen or the smell of fish on my hands because that means I actually caught fish. And, and it smells of, of bomb pops and the exhaust of a good, dirty, dirty ice cream truck. All smell uh, like summer. And so Paul introduces this, this imagery of something uh, that, was, that was pretty common of the time. When, when Paul would have said this to the original hearers, they would have knew exactly what uh, he was talking about. And not only would they knew uh, what he was talking about, they would have smelled what he was talking about as he's talking about this uh, processional. Uh, what Paul is trying to, to give us the image of, this imagery of, is that a Roman victory parade, or um, what they call that is a triumph, a special uh, parade in, in, the, in the Roman Empire that was to honor um, a, a commanding general uh, or a commander who's had great victories, who's returned from the battlefield and, and had some pretty incredible um, victories. And so um, they would get everything together, right? So we think we like we have the pretty big parade uh, called the Mountain Home Idaho largest parade in Idaho. You know we've talked about this before, <laughs> right? And we think that that's a pretty big deal. So imagine a parade that was known as the biggest parade in the world at the time, and they uh, did everything. It was all out. They would bring this commander in with his army, with his troops, and they would parade them through the city uh, in front of uh, the Senate, in front of the people in front uh, of everyone, even Caesar himself, to honor them and, and, to, and to congratulate them for their, their battle victory. But they didn't give a triumph for any old soldier or, or any old uh, Joe. It was a pretty um, big deal. You had to do certain things to participate in this and to be honored in this way. Uh, number one, it had to be on foreign land, right? It couldn't be an existing place that you won the battle. It had to be uh, somewhere new. So you had to win the battle on foreign land. You had to, this was a criteria, you had to kill at least 5,000 troops, enemy troops, right? And so that was a pretty big deal. So it take count. You had, to, you had to kill at least 5,000 enemy soldiers and you had to gain new territory, for Caesar. 
So it was an advancement of the empire. Like this was a big deal at this time that, that if you met this criteria, we would throw you a fancy parade. And so the, 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 the commander would get dressed up in this traditional uh, thing that it was purple and red boots and, and all this stuff. And, and they would parade them through the city. Even uh, the, the, the people who were, were conquered, the, the, the uh, prisoners of war would even be paraded through the city. And sometimes even the king and the king's family from the conquered place would be dressed in black and paraded to the city as well, right? As a, as a sign, as a symbol that they have been defeated. And as they were walking through the city and, and as, as everybody was out in the streets and, and all the hubbub of a parade, I'm not sure they threw candy. I don't think that was invented yet, right? But all the hubbub of the parade, uh, there were also um, priests from the day um, that would uh, burn incense during the time. Some say that the priests would walk with the processional and have like big like incense burning things. Um, but others say that the, the temples that lined the thing, the, the temple of Jupiter and all these different temples would, would burn incense on their altars. So either way, it was a smelly day, right? It was marked by uh, this smell. And this smell was, was intense. It was something that, that drew the people's minds and, and, and lives back to these moments of parade, back to these moments of victory. It was an incredible incredibly smelly, smelly day. For the Romans, the one who had won the battle, this smell, this aroma was the smell of victory, right? Every time they smelled that smell, they, they remembered that they were the best. They remembered that they had conquered. They remembered that they were, they were advancing uh, this, this kingdom, when I was a kid, I was on a, a traveling baseball team, and we would travel all around the state of Kansas, um, but it was tradition, every time we won a tournament, we got Pizza Hut, right? And as a kid, like, there was nothing better than Pizza Hut. I would, like, fake read books just so I could get a personal pan pizza, right? <laughs> I didn't actually read the book. I just took the test to see if I could pass and get a free pizza, right? But we, Pizza Hut was a big deal. And for us as a, as a team, Pizza Hut and the smell of pizza was the, the smell of victory. We knew that we had arrived. If we lost, we got sacked lunches in the van right but pizza was the smell of victory so the for the romans the one who had won the battle this smell this 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 time this was the smell of victory but for the the king that that was conquered the one who was dressed in black as a as a as a symbol of mourning and as a as a symbol of grief and of shame the ones that lost the battle this smell, this aroma, was a smell of loss, right? It was a smell of defeat. When they would walk through the processional, they would be confronted by this, this foreign smell. And everything around them would remind them of their loss, of their defeat. So this is the picture that Paul is, is painting for us. And I'll, I'll just admit right away, it's very weird, right? It's a very weird picture. It's a very uh, different tie. But remember, this is something that's very familiar to the people uh, of the time. 
Paul is connecting this parade to a, to a victory parade for Jesus, right? So, so it's not the Roman soldiers anymore. He translates that um, to the kingdom of God and to, and to Christ himself. So that, that Christ, uh, what Christ made happen through his life and his death and, and his resurrection. If we think about it, the commander had different requirements that he had to fulfill to get the parade, but Jesus does something more uh, and even better, but in a spiritual way, not in a conquer and kill 5,000 people, right? Jesus does more. Jesus comes to a foreign soil. He, He steps down from heaven to become one of us. Jesus doesn't kill 5,000, but uh, through his life and his death and his resurrection, um, the, the first two sermons by Peter on the day of Pentecost, and there shortly after, more than 5,000 come to know uh, Christ and his saving action r- right then there. And that the saved souls um, that, that are transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of heaven, as heaven gains ground in their lives, are, are the, the spiritual prize of, of the moment. They, they are the spoils of victory. And in other words, we are the prayed, Right? We are the spoils of victory as heaven has gained ground. And through our lives, as Paul tells us, Christ diffuses his fragrance. Through the lives of those who have been transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of heaven, through our lives, that Christ diffuses his fragrance. That the knowledge of Christ is diffused through our lives. Verse 14, it says, But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of Him everywhere. We are His priest in a sense. We, we diffuse the fragrance of Christ through our lives. And it also says, Thanks be to God that He always leads us. Thanks be to God that he always leads us. Let's stop with that phrase uh, right there because that's one of the main questions we want to address um, this morning as the people of God. Who is leading us, right? Uh, Paul's giving this imagery um, with this idea of smell and, and leading through the city, leading through this way. The question is who leads us? God may always lead us, but I think it's to say, safe to say that we as God's people don't always follow. So the question is, has, have we given our, our, our whole lives to Jesus? Are we, are we open to the Holy Spirit's movement in our, in our lives? Are we open to the Holy Spirit's call in our lives or the invitation forward? As Pastor Stephanie last week, do we Shema? God, right? Do we uh, listen and then obey? Do we listen and obey to the to the call and the the direction uh, of God in our our lives? Now, I think it's safe to say in my life, I didn't get this for a long time, right? I think for a long time there's that that passion and zeal that says, "Oh, that looks good over there, God. Let's go do that," right? That, that, that looks good. Let's, let's go do that and let's just get it done. And let's make it happen. Let's, let's go participate in this and participate in that and, and do this and do that. And, and these aren't bad things, right? 
But there was never a time where, where, where I stopped and asked and, and stated, like, thy will be done. It was always, what can I muster up? What can I do to, to, to help invest into the kingdom of God? How can, I, how can I do this and how can I do that? And, and what would be good and what would not be good? How can I do that? And, and, and it tr- slowly transitioned to a, uh, God, I will do whatever you want me to do. Like, even if, it's, even if it sounds silly, like, even if I think it's insignificant, because I, I think we all have this desire to do really big, significant things in life, right? Especially if you're an achiever. Lord bless you, right? You want, to do, you want to do big stuff, but sometimes God calls us to do really, really little things, and I think that's to help us um, to, to know and to follow God at, at all times and in all situations. Now, you've heard uh, many different stories about our beagle, uh, Penelope, and there, there's a free beagle available today. I will warn you, she does not know Jesus, right? <laughs> Uh, but we have a, a beagle named Penelope, and, and uh, we just got a new dog recently, um, and his name is Drake. And there's a picture of Drake. I had a different picture. It was really funny, but it didn't work this morning. Uh, but Drake is like this 100-plus-pound uh, uh, Chesapeake Bay Retriever that is just like a monster, like monster like he's a beast right uh, he is a huge uh, dog and, and he uh, has shown us um, how bad Penelope really is right <laughs> because he's a real dog right Penelope is what I call a cat dog right <laughs> so these dogs in the past uh, couple months have really uh, shown me what it means to like serve in, in a way and without even thinking about it until this week until I took some time to reflect on this because they came to mind when I was thinking about this. But Penelope's a cat dog. And when I say she's a cat dog, it means that she doesn't want anything to do with you unless you have food, right? So she's in her own world. Like she does her own thing like cats. And, and she's just over there and doesn't want to do anything with you unless you got food or you want to go on a walk. And that's it. She's kind of aloof. And she's, she's, in the, she's in the corner unless she's in the trash, or unless she's trying to run away, or unless she's trying to do her own thing, right? And then you have Drake. And Drake has been a, has been a big transition for us because we're used to Penelope giving us space and doing her own thing. But Drake wants to serve you at, at all times. Like at all times. I'm not exaggerating. And there are times where it gets incredibly annoying, right? If you would tape record all of our conversations in the house, I say, go lay down like 150 million times a day, right? Because Drake is always there. Like he's always there. You cannot get away from him. He is always present. When you wake up, from the second you wake up, he is following you around the house, right? You turn around, he's there. You go get some coffee, he's there. You go to the bathroom, he knocks the door open with his big head just to see what you're doing. He's there. He's always present, right? You see where I'm going with this, right? Don't be Penelope, right? God hasn't called us to, to be Penelope. And sometimes uh, in, in, the, in the world, when we think of Drake, we think you're annoying. And there's like this, this codependence and it's not healthy, Drake. You need to get a life, right? 
But there, there is no such thing when it comes to God, right? That God desires uh, for us to, 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 to be present with Him at all times. I've, I've read to you many times and talked many times about Brother Lawrence where he talks about, I can praise God even when I do the dishes. Like even when I sweep the floors, there's, there's no time where God desires for us to be a cat dog and to be aloof. And to just come to Him when we want to come to Him or when He's got food or, or, or whatever, that God desires for us to be present. And so old Drake is teaching me something uh, in, in life. Teaching me that Penelope doesn't need to leave the house sometime soon, right? But we as people, as God's people, we are to be listening and waiting and, and, and desiring to see what the Master wants us to do ready and willing to follow, alert and interested to be close and to be dependent on Jesus. Verse 14 reminds us that God is leading us in this triumphal procession and God uses us, uses us, you and me, to spread the aroma of the knowledge of Christ, uses ordinary people to spread the, the, the aroma of the knowledge of Christ everywhere and anywhere. If we are God's people who put our faith and trust in Jesus, then everywhere we go, everywhere we go, we are, we are spreading the aroma of the knowledge of Christ. If we are God's people, if we desire to, to, to follow where God wants us to go, then everywhere we go, we are, we are spreading this aroma we are in this triumphal procession because we have found victory in Christ that, that we are not defeated people. Remember, we are people of hope, so we listen and we obey the Holy Spirit's guidance in our life. Think about that for a moment. Like, you smell good, right? Kind of awkward to say. Turn to your neighbor and say, you smell good for a moment, even if it's not true. Right? <laughs> you, you smell good. You, you smell good in life. There's a spiritual smell that rises up from your life, especially when you find victory in Christ. It's the aroma of victory. That, that we have come to a, a place where, or, where the Holy Spirit has transformed us, that, that heaven has transformed us. It's the aroma of victory that the kingdom of God has gained ground in our hearts. It's the aroma of victory. Now, this isn't the, the first time that aroma and this language is used in the Bible. The Old Testament used to talk about sacrifices placed upon the altar as a, as a sweet-smelling aroma to God, the sacrifice that we give to God. This tells us a couple of different things. God loves that smell of sacrifice on our behalf, but also that God may be from Kansas City because he likes barbecue a lot, right? But God desires that, that, that smell that, that, that comes off of, uh, of victory, the, the gaining of ground in our lives. That every place you go brings the fragrance of Christ. Every place you go is an opportunity of the aroma of the knowledge of Christ to be spread. 
No, uh, when I was in college, I was a, an RA, a, a resident, uh, a resident assistant. I was like the hall dad in a freshman dorm, and so I, I did that for two years in a freshman dorm. So out of my four-year college career, I lived in a freshman dorm three years. Probably lost 20 years of my life uh, due to the mold and the nastiness of freshman boys' dorms, right? But uh, one year, uh, Axe deodorant body spray came out. You know what I'm talking about? And they had all the commercials, like the guy would spray Axe and like 15 women would jump him. And so the Axe body spray people decided that it would be a great idea to drop off an enormous box of free Axe body sprays at the freshman dorm uh, on campus. And so here I am, I come in one day, and there's this, this box in the middle of the hallway, like right when you walked in, and there's uh, there are probably 500 cans of Axe body spray. <laughs> Imagine the terror of somebody that's trying to be in charge, and there's 500 cans of Axe body spray, and so lots of horrible things happen. There included lighters and lighting stuff on fire and all that, but one of the funniest things that happened was I, every Tuesday and Thursday night was like open dorm night where the girls could come over to the dorms. And so uh, the guys would prepare, and by every prepare, they'd kick their stuff in the closet a little bit. But they, they had this axe spray, so there would be guys on the hall that were strategically placing axe body spray so that their rooms wouldn't smell. So imagine, uh, imagine 300, 300 people in, in, in the dorm, uh, each with two bottles of axe body spray, and they're strategically placing their sinks around to cover up these smells because the ladies are coming over, right? And that was one of the funniest things that was done by this, this Axe body spray, but the, the strategic placement, I thought, was pretty smart by these fellows, right? Like, their closets really did smell really bad, right? And so they would spray this stuff on there. And so as I was writing the sermon this, this week, this Axe body spray st strategic placement came to mind because that's exactly um, how God works in some ways, right? God strategically places um, some scent. God strategically places the aroma of Christ through you in different places and spaces where this, the, the aroma is desperately needed, where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. Right. If you look at um, Las Vegas, we think about Las Vegas as Sin City. What happens in Vegas? Good. You guys watch TV every once in a while, right? So what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But you probably didn't know that there's a huge like outbreak of mega churches in Las Vegas because where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. That God is strategically placing us and calling us to places where fragrance is necessary where the aroma of Christ is necessary. If we all just hung out as the church all the time, then the aroma of Christ wouldn't spread, right? You smell good to me. I smell good to you. It's a smell of victory, but God is not one that keeps the, the scent locked up in the Axe body spray bottle, right? It is spread in very, very strategic 
places. God calls people to go to the farthest reaches of the world to be missionaries and, and, and to be teachers and to be people that serve in all these different places. So the question is, can God send us and, and call us to be someone who is present right here in Mountain Home? Absolutely, right? Oh, the places you will go. And oh, the places that you will stay if you are willing to go and stay in the name of Jesus. Uh, Oh, the places that I have been that I would have never been on my own. Like, if it were my choice to go or to not go, I would have never gone, right? Because there's this thing called fight or flight. And I like to be safe sometimes, right? And I don't like confrontation and I don't want to deal with some stuff. But when God calls us to go, we go and we do it. So God calls us strategically to places and spaces where the aroma of Christ is needed. Be a fragrant aroma for your impact last in this world. In Missouri, we live uh, in Missouri in a small church, and we just had Josephine, and we're both pastors, and uh, we had like no clue how to balance life with like a newborn baby and go to work, right? So we would come to church, and we just hand Jojo off to someone, <laughs> like, here, take this baby, and, and just don't drop her. And so the, the, the older ladies of the church would pass Jojo around. It's a small church, and so they would just pass Jojo around. And, and, and pretty soon, uh, we started to notice that every time we'd pick Jojo up and take her uh, home, that she, we could tell who she was with that day, right? Because of the perfume, right? So, oh, Jojo sat with Donna today. <laughs> the, the scent lasts. It made an impression on her. We, we knew exactly who she was with. We knew exactly uh, who took care of that, her that day because the fragrance lasts. We all leave a fragrance, that fragrance of Christ with people we come into contact wherever we are because we are about our Father's business that, that we are to leave this fragrance. Paul says in verse 16 to a fellow believer that we are the, the, the aroma that brings life. That it is an encouragement to meet together and to be together and, and to recognize that, that, that God has transformed your life and is continuing to do so. And God has transformed my life and it is, it is an encouragement to be here and, and to be now. We recognize that we are people that, that have hope. To the fellow believer, we are an aroma that brings life. But, but to the non-believer, this is where the passage gets sticky. It says, we are the aroma that brings death. This is the hard verse of the passage. For, for those who have not placed their trust in Jesus, our smell smells weird. Right? You don't smell good anymore. You don't, you don't smell good anymore. If you have hope that things can be different... That's not normal. You, you, you are weird. That is different. If you give your life away in service to others, you, you, you are weird. If you love the unlovable, that is, that's not normal. That's not a, not, not a normal thing. Not only that, I believe that the Holy Spirit uses our weirdness at times to stir the hearts of the people around us. 
that, that when they witness God working through you or, or they experience the love of Christ through you, they recognize something may be missing in their life, that, that all is not well, right? That, that wholeness is not, is not found in, in my life. Now, but the Holy Spirit is in us and continue to lead us in grace that, that, that leads to, to restoration. Let me say, say it this way. I very clearly remember the feeling as a teenager and being in church and knowing that I wasn't doing the things that I should have been doing. And I was in deep into some things that I shouldn't have been doing. And I knew it. And being around the people of the church didn't smell good, right? It didn't smell good. It wasn't, it wasn't a good feeling. I've even talked to, to people that get physically sick. Like when they come through, through the doors, it's a, it's a, it's a weird feeling knowing that, that, that what I'm doing over here and, and how I am in this, in this place, I just feel really, really uncomfortable. And so I was really, really angry at a mom who drugged me uh, to church. Because I felt uncomfortable in that place, because I just I just didn't feel I didn't feel right. It was a place that reminded me of all that I was doing wrong, right? And not because some old lady came up to me and said, "You're doing all this wrong." In fact, it was the exact opposite. They never told me that I was doing anything wrong. In fact, they loved me, and they walked alongside of me. And they were, they were there for me, but I didn't want them to be, be, be there for me. They didn't say, oh, you're a horrible teenager, and stop wearing your hat in church, and get your life together, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. No, they, they gave me space to be me. Now, don't hear this as a claim that we should never confront sin within the church, because this is exactly, if you read the context of your passage, exactly what Paul talks about in the verses before this. But, but through space and through love of the people of the church, the Holy Spirit used the church as like a smelling salt in my life to, to wake me up to the love of God through them. So maybe we be aware of this. Maybe we consider how the fragrance of our life is a witness to all people. Witness to the people that you sit in the pew with, but also a witness to the people that you, you meet in Walmart or the w- people that you, we- you meet in, in Maverick, the people that you may make uncomfortable uh, at times. How is the fragrance of Christ coming through you as the body of Christ? How and where is God calling you to be his fragrance here and now? So as a, as a summertime, and we do these projects, and we give you the goofy little uh, station wagon to take your selfies with, we wanted to, to do something, and I say we, I wanted to do something that was like weird, right? I wanted to, to connect like smell and you being the aroma of Christ in, in the world, especially in summer. I wanted to give you a new summer smell. Right, so just as I smelled the barbecue the other day, I want to I want to implant a new summer smell into your life. That when you think of summer, you think of this summer, right? Because we we helped you think of that summer. I, and my first thought was I could just catch a whole bunch of bluegill and I could put them in your trunks while you were in church, 
and you would smell, you would remember. How many of you remember that for the rest of your life, right? You would remember and you would be uh, called to remember every time you got in your car. And so instead of putting bluegill in your trunk, um, we made these custom air fresheners. I'm totally serious, right? Yes, I love my life, right? I get it. This, so, so this is cool. And this is the picture of your, your air freshener. It says, smells like summer. We want to add a, a, a summer smell to your repertoire of smells that you smell this summer to remind you that, that everywhere you go, all the uni- unique places and spaces that God has called you to, all the places that you will go that no one will ever invite me, Right? All the places that you can go that nobody else uh, can ever go. All these places, you don't just go there as Joe or as Tom or as Susie. You go there as ambassadors of Christ. You don't just go there to hang out and just just, just whatever or play bingo. But you go there and without you even knowing it at times, you spread the aroma of Christ through your life. And so today when you leave uh, this morning, out there on the little table with the, the cars is a basket uh, full of a bunch of these. Now they, they cost like a buck. So if you have a buck, throw a buck in there. If you don't have a buck, this is well worth the investment to make your car stinky, right? First of all, and to help you to remember that you as the people of God are spreading the aroma of Christ absolutely everywhere you go. And so, Ben, come and help us uh, and lead us in our last song uh, this morning as we are reminded that the Holy Spirit guides and leads us in all the places of life. Dear Lord, we we pray these words that we just sang. Lord, may we um, become more aware of your presence in our lives. May we be your people that uh, are always waiting for your next move always looking for the ways in which you will call us forward and and leading us down paths that lead to restoration. Lord, we desire to be your people and we will go wherever you call us to go. Lord, we give you a free reign of our lives to to use the things that um, we like and love for you already know these things. Lord, we give you our hobbies and our interests and just our overall weirdness. Call us wherever you desire for us to be. May we be your aroma that gives off the knowledge of Christ here and now in this place. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please stand for the benediction this morning. And don't forget your air freshener. (laughs) I love that, right? God's church. Beloved family of God in Christ, the fragrance of your life is a witness to all. May you go to the unique places and spaces that God has called you to. Go in action and go in peace. You are dismissed.